Hi everyone, welcome to Ale of a Time. This episode I'm chatting to Pat Coulson from Sunley Seltzer. Sunley is the new uh, brand under the umbrella that, that has fixation and, and obviously stone and wood. And Pat's uh, come from a, a sales background with the team and now he's jumped into the brand manager position with Sunley. So it was really cool to get his thoughts on how the brand is it looks and, and how it's going to go on the market and just kind of a chat about Seltzer overall. As we were chatting, he was in a camping ground as well. So it's really fun to, I guess, get the seltzer and the outside vibe while we were having a conversation, especially being here in Melbourne where we're obviously still quite locked down inside. Uh, Dave was an absentee. He was actually outside. Uh, he sent so many apologies, but he was out uh, walking his dog and enjoying some gorgeous sunlight. So it's really hard to to be mad at anyone that's out and about doing that right now. Uh, anyway, for now, join uh, me and Pat chatting, chatting away. Stay tuned for an announcement at the end of this as well, where I'll be talking about our next episode. Cheers. starting to storm it's it looks like the storm clouds are coming over so it's going to be starting to rain soon yeah hence uh, why i'm hence why i'm huddled in the van yeah beautiful lovely yeah um i think it's about to cloud over here i was just saying to you before we started the weather was was really nice this morning and i managed to get outside and go for a walk and see some baby swans uh, <laughs> which is that was pretty nice it that's, made me feel whole mate you trumped me i saw some ducklings yesterday and i was pretty chuffed about that so yeah well done Ducklings are great. Yeah. Um, if anyone in the chat has any questions as well as normal, uh, just drop them into the chat there. If you're listening to this after the fact, obviously you can't, you can't do that. Uh, hello, Will Zabel. Nice to see you. Will, we were just talking about you off mic. Um, all, all good things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't actually have the seltzer. Uh, I've got a popcorn beer. There's another part of the gabs. This is uh, popcorn copia. Just dropped it. <laughs> Uh, from Bright Brewing, I don't really know what it is, a popcorn ale, um, part of the Gabs pack. So shout out to Gabs for sending me beer. But I noticed nice. you, have a, you have a seltzer. Yeah, I've got a little um, blood orange one here, if you can just see that. Yeah. So just Sorry. going down the street. I'm probably about halfway through it at the moment. Great. Um, mm. So the reason I guess we were talking about Will was we uh, last time we were chatting – would have been 2018 um, Stone Brew Day for Stone and Wood. Um, we're, we've, sorry, I've just got a message from Dave. Uh, his apology for this, he's not going to make it, he forgot. Uh, <laughs> no worries at all. That, that so is good. okay in these circumstances to forget things. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, for, for Stone, Stone Brew Day, and you were, uh, were you, was it Gold Coast was your territory? Yeah, Gold Coast Northern Rep, Rep uh, Gold Coast Northern Rivers. I was um, repping, so that was my area, which is a pretty great area to look after. And then originally it was in Brisbane, but then moved down. Yeah, and then um, just recently got a got another another role with the guys and another gig. But um, yeah, so I was in charge of grabbing you, everyone from the airport and then taking you down to Stone Brew Day and chauffeuring around. I think we also was it that trip where we went for a surf. 
I think in the morning. I don't yeah. think it was that great weather, but we still somehow went out there and it was, it was probably freezing actually. Yeah, I remember it was pretty pretty messy and pretty choppy. Uh, but yeah. it was. I, we had breakfast out in the sunshine and then uh, me and Dave and Will went for a run along the beach and then a few people went for a surf. It was pretty yeah. nice. <laughs> Hard to complain. It was a, it was a good weekend. I, it was good. Yeah, it was a weekend. It was really nice. Uh, yeah. For people listening and, and watching, uh, there is a story, good bear hunting, if you do good bear hunting, stone and wood, uh, my story about hanging out with you guys uh, is up there. Yeah, mate, that was really well written. That was a great, great piece. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, always, always good to, to head up to Byron and uh, then be able to write a story about it. Yeah, I think I remember the line, was it um, Stone, Stone and Wood's like a cult, a cult you want to be a part of. <laughs> and, and there's some yeah. cult vibes uh, looking on from the yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. Yeah, I it's it's said yeah. in the nicest way. Um, and I guess full disclosure, I have worked with, with Stone and Wood on the invitational. So I, I do have some sort of professional relationship with Stone and Wood. Um, but yeah, so when I say those things, I say them with... with all, all respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Just sorry, just got a message from Dave. Just make sure he's not waiting. He sends many apologies. Um, so I want to know uh, a little bit about how you went from being a rep to um, what, your brand manager with Sunley now. Yeah, brand manager. So um, I'm pretty lucky to work. Sorry, the wind's starting to pick up here now. I'm pretty lucky to work for um, a company that tries to upskill and train within first before outsourcing any of their jobs. So I, I was actually originally a roadie. So that was a casual position helping out reps on the road and doing like tastings, festivals and, and just getting more good beer into people's hands. And then from there, I, I went to a rep role on the Gold Coast start of oh, mid-2016. And then I always just had an interest in um, the marketing sides of things and just really enjoyed that. And it, it just makes sense. Sales and marketing go hand in hand, right? So I was doing sales for about four and a half years with Stonerwood. And then I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to be a part of the team to build Sunley from the bottom, like from the get-go and from blank canvas. And that was um, with Semi Martin, who looks after counterculture, and and, and Ross Jay and Benny Summons and, and Keels, who's our head, of product, head, of, head brewer. And, and Richie had a production. So there was, it was a pretty strong, strong team there who I was able to be mentored around and learn from. And then from that, there was a, a job, um, job role there when we were about to launch, which was a brand manager. And I was fortunate to um, get it. Yeah. And still got, like, there's still a lot of great people around me that mentor me and teach. I'm nowhere near ready just yet, but there's still a lot of people there just helping me out anyway, which has been really, really great. Yeah. What does a brand manager do? Yeah, so it's, it looks after a lot of the marketing sides of things and just the overall, like just making sure we're on the right direction and then just like communicates between all the teams. So from like forecasting, make sure our volumes are right to talking to the reps and the sale team leaders to understanding like what demand's like and what's happening out in the, um, in the world. And, um, and then also just trying to yeah keep things aligned right with what we originally um, wanted to do in a way. So it's a few different hats, but it's it's more of a marketing role, to be honest. Yeah. So, how when did you start planning this? When, yeah. So, original chats for Seltzer was probably uh, it was over a year and a half ago. I think the guys were talking about it probably started two thousand and nineteen, or if not even later than that. And then 
we got together as a team around August, September and, and started putting something together. And Sammy Martin, Sammy Martin was sort of the lead for that. And I was sort of got to shadow him with, with everything there. And then um, we were originally going to launch uh, early start of the year. And then everything that happened with COVID, um, we sort of put that on ice in a way. And then, um, yeah, we were sitting on it for a while. And, and then we launched then near the end of June there. Yeah. It was, it was pretty hard time to try to pick and choose when we were going to launch, but um, we were really confident with the product and had the teams there ready to go. So we just thought what better time to start getting out there. And that was sort of when some of the restrictions started to be lifted as well, if you remember around that time. Yeah, because mm. it, it would be pretty hard to sell in a new product when um, you're stuck at home and you can't get the liquid to anyone. So, yeah, we just were mindful about that. So that we were governed by that, I suppose. So I guess... Around that time, from memory, the um, you know, I guess this whole year has been a, a few changes in the seltzer world, um, or I guess the, the creation of the seltzer world, even in Australia. Uh, I think Lion went first, which would have been in January, from memory, with um, Quincy, uh, and then we had Liquorland went, and then a few other smaller ones had started. So I guess did it feel like you guys kind of had to go? And like, you know, you're, you're ready to go and then the market started sort of picking it up more and more. It certainly gave us a bit of a nudge, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, Quincy, Quincy was one of the first ones to get to the Australian market, and, um, which is an interesting product. And then there was, a, I think, Asahi as well with Tidal. And then, um, oh, yeah, Good Tide, sorry, Tidal. Good Tide, Good Tides for... Um, Asahi, and then there's a Coke brand as well, which I think was all in First Choice and Liquorlands and stuff like that with all Coles. But um, yeah, that that definitely gave us a nudge. But um, we were just itching and scratching, ready to go. So when those when those um, restrictions did get lifted, it was it was a good feeling to get it to the market. And you know what? It wasn't a bad thing in a way because it just meant we were even more well prepared and planned and ready to go and, and able to brief our sales teams in with that as well. So. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing for us. So the the market, I guess, is still trying to work out what seltzer is uh, in, a, in its own way. Even, you know, I'm still getting asked by, by people that are in the industry, you know, what, what actually is it? Uh, can you yeah. explain <laughs> what, what your understanding of seltzer? Because there are a few variations in the market, aren't there? The easiest way I explain it, because we're a hard seltzer, so hard meaning alcoholic, um, it's more of a Canadian-American term, seltzer meaning like sparkling sparkling water or carbonated water, and then hard ours is with flavour in it, but we brew ours like a beer, so use sorghum and, and produce the end product, which is a sparkling refreshment, yeah, which is alcoholic sparkling refreshment, I should say, but that's one of the biggest challenges we face, and I think um, as segment as a whole is just building education around what it is and that was one of our main focuses at the start and still is and and will be for a, a little while longer as well so how do you do that uh you know they're trying to i guess get across what this what it's about what it is um you know what's the approach yeah for us um there was two challenges that we need to educate our customers so the retailers and the managers who are selling this and and on-premise and then there was educating the drinker and how do we do that 
So originally our game plan, we, we made a bit of a frequently asked question sheet for our, for our customers. So when selling and we could give it to those guys as well. And then just going into detail and, and with a bit of, um, with a, a bit of a template for emails. And then for the drinker, for the consumer, we wanted to do a lot of tastings, um, which sort of has been, yeah, put on hold for the time being. So it's just trying to educate, um, educate the, our customer as much as possible to then educate the drinker and the consumer. However, um, we've done a couple of virtual tastings and Ev, Ev down there in Melbourne did a great one with the Black Arts Group. So we we're able to jump on board and do a virtual tastings with that as well, which is really great. So um, a few more of those ones and just media releases as well, just with our messaging getting across the board and, and just with our comms on, on digital media, I think just driving home what it is and how we make it. That's something that's um, pretty huge for the time being that we need to just keep on focusing on. How's the media pickup been for, for it? It's been pretty good. There's been normally, as you'd know, with um, media releases and press releases, you send out and you try to see who's going to who's going to push it for us. And um, there's actually been a lot more jump on board that we haven't reached out to before, and 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 reach out to us and ask us for some samples and things like that, which is really really good. And some reviews there that we didn't know were happening, and some um, some really great ones. And then there was like one or two that's not really doesn't understand what it means and they're, they're not really the target audience but they they say that as well they're um they mentioned that they're not really the right person for um that drink but yeah it, it's the more the more presence out there in the market and media the better in my opinion i feel like you're referring to the max allen one in the afr um, yeah, it could have been that one <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, that, yeah. and that's interesting because that, that touches on something that keeps on coming up with with seltzers uh there is that you know, RTDs, um, UDLs, uh, wine callers is the big one with, with you know, a particular generation. They always want to mention the, the wine caller fad. Uh, and there is the kind of perception that this is just another, you know, short-lived product that we're going to be waving goodbye to. Um, you know, what do you, like, is it frustrating reading that when you're launching a new product to have it being dismissed so quickly? Uh, yes and no, but now I kind of know what the feeling would have been like for Ross, Jamie and Brad when they were originally pushing Pacific Hour. Like craft beer was meant to be a fad in a way, but you look on decades on and it's still in great growth. And it just crosses over to like the wellness um, wellness category. And that's not only in our industry and in the alcohol industry, it's across the board. You look at when COVID hit, how many people were going out there and buying gym gear, gym gear and bicycles and things like that. It's a trend that's continually growing. People are more conscious about it. So um, I think we're tapping into that as well. And those type of trends stick around for a long time. Um, someone just asked a question. Um, how, how does it differ from... Alco pops uh, in terms of brewing process and the excise aspect. Yeah, so we're fortunate enough that we brew ours like a, a beer, so we we miss the um, excise or the alcohol pop tax there. So we just get taxed like a beer, like a standard beer. But it just made sense for us with our company names Fermentum and now family of business has come under that and we've got all the equipment there so we decided to brew like that and that's what our, be our brewers know how to do so that's the um, line we went down and for us we um, use sorghum which is a gluten-free grain so it's a little bit different when you talk about RTDs and some of the leading um, we're about 90% less sugar than leading vodka based RTDs in the market yeah so and it's even um, there are seltzer products on the, on the market, it's my understanding, that are 
essentially just water dosed with pure alcohol and then, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of vodka-based ones out there at the moment. But um, as we mentioned, we, we brew ours with, with sorghum and then through certain unique filtration systems, we, um, it strips out some of the colour and the flavouring there. And we also, we also use a, um, a centrifuge to take out some of that yeast and some of those other, other products as well. And through the end process there from the base liquid, we infuse it with natural, um, natural fruit and flavours that um, – just give it, yeah, give it that pop, similar to like how we do with Gather in a way or any sours out there in the market, but yeah, a little bit different. But it's all sourced from a local source around around us. We're lucky there's a lot of fruit farmers in like tropical fruit world and places like that around us, which we can source those types of things. And I'm, I know that Davison Plum, you were probably um, gravitated towards. I, I remember when we went to Brookies a little while ago and you enjoyed Davison Plum, that tartness of it, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I really like a Davison Plum. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how we differ- differentiate compared to some of the vodka ones based out there, yeah. Um, the health aspect, uh, you know, and I, I sort of don't know the, the crossover between, you know, I guess, less sugar. How does that work when alcohol's in, you know, is an alcoholic product and you're, you're sort of saying it's healthy and marketing it as healthy? Where's the line there? It- I suppose it's for like in the better for you category in the fridge and compared to say something that's a, a lot more percent and filled with sugar, like compared to some of the other RTDs. And that's where we sort of play, play towards the better for you area. I know the whole alcohol and better for you or well-being doesn't really come in line, but at the same time, those people that, that are still fit and like to watch what they're consuming, they, they still like to drink and have a good time. So this is more in the, a little less carbs and a little less sugar and, and it's gluten-free. So it's in the sparkling refreshment area. Yeah. So that's the, that's the line we, we, we go down. Are you finding, um, I guess I'm curious to see how it's being picked up in the market. What are the kinds of shops and, and do you have an understanding of who the consumer is yet? Yeah, I, we've always had a, a fairly well, um, we've, we've always had a good understanding, we think, um, on our target audience. But to be honest, I think as, as the segment grows, especially over in America and you see that the market grow and you see some more that some of the data from there, I think it broadens the drinker than ever. Like there's a lot of crossover between craft beer and, and the mainstream drinker, like from a rosé or a, um, or a, or a, or a gin or something along those lines that the lines are, the lines are a lot more blurred than they ever were. And we're not really sticking between our, on our own lane, but, um, our target audience, I suppose if we were to put a bullseye is between that 19 to young, like 30 year old market, that's where it starts is that that's where I think the volume is going to come from. But I think, um, it's, it's, it's broadening. It's going to broaden as we, as we see the market grow and the category grow, I should say. Yeah, so 19 to 30-year-old, the festival goers, the, gather, the ones that like to go to gatherings and the ones that like to stay fit and healthy in a way and go to that. Some of the people that are grabbing those vodka, lime and sodas that when you're on premise or at a bar and restaurant in a way. I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm quite excited for the, the product category just because, and I, I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before, um, you know, on, a, on a weekend, I'll, I'll drink a gin and soda with just like a squeeze of lime. Uh, you know, if I've had a couple of beers and I, I still want to have something that's a little bit tasty, but not, you know, full on. Uh, and I think when I was at, we've got a, a podcast we haven't released that was recorded just as COVID was taking off uh, with the Mill Brewery. And um, so, same thing, I had a couple of really big beers there and then had a, 
the assaults are on tap and it was it was great like it was exactly what i needed um to kind of refresh and you know bright bright in the palette so to speak yeah well, you look at the growth in that market and that strong refreshment um market like you look at some of the gins and and proseccos and rosé and aperol spritzes and the growth that's been on that that sort of taps into that market a little bit and especially with craft beer we're always looking to try something new and some new flavors and so it's definitely going to be you're going to have some crossover there for sure and i'm um it's exciting for me to have something just on on off not off tap i should say off in the fridge there to grab after a few big beers as well is it gonna you be can't always be tr- um for the time nah for the time being it's not going to be a tough play we need to build the brand and build the education around it and um we we certainly try to sell to on-premise but a lot of the volume is going to be coming from a more of a retail space we see but hey ask that question in six months time and let's see where we're at but um as as someone that's got a sales background i'd love it to be in keg but um for the time being it's more focuses is on on off-premise and retail and i think that's where we're going to build the brand for sure we talked about last week with uh paul from brick lane about the people sort of being accepting of sour beer um pretty sure that's how we're talking about it but like the the kind of the tap products now are you know there's so many white diverse tap products that i feel like you could slide this in next to an aperol spritz and people would I don't know if people would be pretty happy. Oh, definitely. You look at like ginger beer on tap now and, and, and things like that. It's just, it sort of fits and it's just, it's home. So I think it's just having a different offering. It's like espresso martinis on tap as well. You know, there's, 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 there's demand for it. So it's just a bit of a watch out, but I think for the time being, yeah, we'll just keep on pushing pack for the time being. Yeah. And if I, every time I've asked Keelan about it, he's told me to, off so um <laughs> i think i think it it's pretty hard to um keg on our end at the moment yeah uh that's yeah okay killing the head brewer there uh <laughs> yeah killing the head head brewer who's behind a lot of these um creations as well and you got and i know joshy worked pretty close closely with him for this one as well yeah down in byron bay there where all our all our little um trials start um, just got a couple of questions from the chat there. Um, Sam Smalley, who uh, is just saying he's getting back into home brewing during lockdowns. He's drinking his own uh, coconut vanilla stout. Sounds pretty good, Sam. Um, he wants to know what your favourite from the range is and what's been most popular. Yeah, so as we were, we were touching on this earlier, actually, before we went online. Um, for my, for me, it's the blood orange and grapefruit, but. To be fair, it changes from week to week and it really depends on what mood I'm in. Um, to date, as I mentioned as well offline, it, it actually changes suburb to suburb and I'm still looking after a few customers and there's been demand from Ginger and Lemon, Davis and Plum, but I think um, the Davis and Plum and Blood Orange are the, the standouts at the moment, but I think give it six months and then we'll have a better understanding. It's still only been about six or seven weeks. Yeah. And also, it's you try not to when you're looking after it. You try not to have a favorite in a way. <laughs> the other, the other, the other thing on that note is um is the fact that it, we're still fine tuning it, and we're we're still fine tuning all our all our beverages, I suppose, and constantly. But it's going to be interesting to see when, like, I'm really really happy with where they're at. But I know Keels is always just trying to aim 
put the bar up here. So it'd be interesting to see as we go and see how he finds tuned it and maybe Ginger Lemon and Davison Plum might come out as the biggest winner overall. But yeah, we'll wait and see. I guess it's such a hard market right now to know what anyone's wanting to drink is, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I think if it's six to 12 months and we'll start to see and we've just got to understand that and just watch closely and on what the consumer picks. Yeah, um, for sure. Anecdotally, I wasn't at Black Hearts and Sparrows, I think two or three different times and it heard people either asking for yours or asking for the Hop Nation one and... Uh, I'm wearing their hoodie now. Shout out to Hop Nation, who make a, a great a great seltzer <laughs> as well. Um, and it was kind of you know it was kind of quite exciting and kind of cool to hear people coming into a, a you know a boutique sort of bottle shop and saying, "Hey, I'm hearing about the seltzer. What have you got?" And he- hearing the person behind the counter kind of you know explain these two different kind of new brands. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a changing that- world. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. I've the local bottle shop that's a couple of hundred meters away from me. Going in there and seeing them only have one more flavor on the shelf, and the other two two rows empty was a pretty cool feeling. So that was um nice to see. And I still haven't been able to try the Hot Nation one yet. I need to I need to get someone to send me some up. Actually, I think they might be. I heard they might be in Brisbane or one of the other retailers um up here on the Gold Coast. That, yeah, tries to grab some of that stuff. From I South, think they um, just canned the, the the a bigger batch. I saw on social media they um, they've changed the cans into slimline cans like yours, and um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think that must be a, a much bigger batch than the previous one by the look of it. But cool. Cool. let me know if you can't get any, and I'm I'm near my local brewery, so I can just wander down and get some. Oh, perfect. We've got a few. We've got a few crew down that way. Anyway, I, I should have tried to reach out to those guys already. Um, someone has asked: Is it difficult to get the fruity taste to come across without the sugar aspect to bring the the fruit flavour? Yeah, that's probably a good question for Kiehl's. But I know, um, like Davison Plum, Davison Plum and Berry, we didn't actually have to put too much in because it was so strong already. So if you if you see the liquid, Davison Plum Berry is really really clear. Whereas if you see ginger, lemon, and blood orange and grapefruit, it's got a little bit more of a haze. So we had to infuse a lot more. So that yeah, that's a good question. We had to use a lot more ginger and lemon um, and and blood orange and grapefruit to bring it out a little bit more. But at the same time, we when you taste them, they're still quite subtle and that was something we were aiming for as well, where Davison Plum and Berry is probably the boldest, I'd say. Yeah, I feel like when I pulled mine out, I could smell that one almost through the can. Like it, there was a, a lot of <laughs> intensity out of that. Um, yeah, the aromas are quite large. Yeah. Uh, Sam's also asked, how much market research did you do into the international ones? Uh, things like White Claw and, and Truly in the US are obviously the kind of the the market category leaders, did you taste them? And um, Well, the, the founders, um, some of the founders and some of the heads are always going to America and, and seeing what's happening over there and, and with those, um, oh, what's it, is it Brucon at the start of the year? Um, or, CBC? Um, CBC, sorry, yeah. Brucon. Um, they, yeah, they, they had a trial of all those ones and they knew what the flavors were. But when it came to market research, we we're just looking at a lot of the data that's supplied through like Nelson data and those ones to understand on who the target audience and the growth and, and the trends were over there and, and trying to tap into that. 
But um, it's still such an unknown here, though. Like, even though we follow certain trends there and, and certain things, here's a lot different than over there, we understand. So, it's, um, yeah, we, we did a lot of market research, but you're still jumping into, yeah, the unknown in a way. The salts and, and we, and we Sorry, you go. And I was going to say, I was going to say, with liquid, we're just lucky enough to have some gun brewers on our team that can fine tune things to the to what we want with our pallets, I suppose. And there was a lot of trialing from, I think it was, oh, it would have been around August September last year. So there was a lot of trial batches and trying to fine tune. It wasn't just an overnight thing for us. How much of a say did you have in all that? I got it. I was lucky enough to get a couple of bench top trials, but there's just so many people like they're just jumping in, throwing their throwing their um, opinions with it around. But um, yeah, there's a lot of people with better palates than me on the, on the board that can taste those things and and um, yeah, pick what the pick what the winner is. <laughs> uh, talking about the kind of design of the, the can and the brand, I feel I feel like Seltzer has a look now. That, that people are expecting from it. A slimline can, kind of white and bold colours. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, um, that slimline can's nice and delicate and it fits well in the can and sort of plays that whole lesson, like 300 mils not being over the top, you know what I mean? And for us, we, it, was a pretty, it was a strategic move on being 4% and being that 0.9 of a standard drink. Um, which is which is good, and then we've got on the front there. I don't know if you can see it there. You that Julian rocks there. With yep. a lot of our with a lot of our brands, um, we build a story around them. Like you look at Pacific Hour, you look at Green Coast Lager. The Green Coast is representing the rolling hills and hinterlands around us, Cloudcatcher and things like that. And then Treehouse Cider from the Granite Belt. That's what we wanted to do with Sunley Seltzer as well, and that whole aspirational way of barn barn living and it's um you you come to Byron and you see the type of people that are living here. They they care what they're putting into their bodies and everything else. So um yeah that hence the born in Byron Bay wrapped around the can. But um Sammy and the guys and Damien Kelly did really well with like the design of the can overall and with those Pantone collars. They're, they're a little bit light in the first can run. Um we weren't actually able to be there in person with from busy um because of covid but um this next runs we're really really happy with um yeah but overall the the can design we're stoked with and i think it pops from the shelf but i totally agree with that original statement what you said yeah <laughs> um damien kelly's a, a previous guest years ago on the, on the show uh it was cool to see him popping up still involved with the crew yeah yeah he's great um what about the name suddenly it's uh, it's a word that I've never seen before. Yeah, well, that whole um, sun just being bright and light and um, that that's where we wanted to push home and that um, carefree sort of style or brand we wanted to build with the essence. We just thought build behind the whole Sunly, behind Sunly and then just added the Lee onto it, just a bit more catchier. I think um, Spotify and Shopify and you look at some of those big brands, they've, they've done a good job putting the... Um, ly at the end but um yeah for us just the whole sun and the brighter and trying to and with the liquid as well we just wanted to play home with that yeah but there was a few different names getting thrown around i don't remember which ones but um there was yeah it was a i remember sitting around the creative table just throwing a few different names around but um yeah we, i'm glad we landed on that one so did you have any that you were like man i really wanted that one to get up and it didn't 
Oh, it was it was a long time ago now. Okay. There was a couple of which I was pushing home, but I think they were pretty stupid. But um, yeah, I think we're I'm really happy with Sunley, and and it's good to hear people just um, yeah, asking for it at at, at the bar that at one of my local bars that I see um, that ranges it, and yeah, just asking at the counter. It just has a nice ring to it. So are you eavesdropping while you're sitting at the bar then? Yeah, for sure. Always. Uh, if they're just contemplating about what to sit, what to get or they're in that um, market for it, I'll just, yeah, try to drop the name for sure. <laughs> um, I just want to give a quick update on the beer that I'm drinking, the popcorn ale from Bright. Uh, it's weird. It's a salted popcorn <laughs> beer. Uh, <laughs> It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Gab's beer if it wasn't weird though, right? It's it's so I don't know. There's a weirdness of sitting here and drinking a full Gab's beer, which I you know you never really do at the festival. Mm, yeah. uh, and if you do, if I did, it wouldn't be a, a popcorn ale. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's all part of the fun. I'm not. Have I'm, you sorry, have you had have you had the um, uh, salt and vinegar one from your mates yet? I haven't actually had a try of that, and I'm I'm friends with them as well. But I'm I'm going to drop into their brewery tomorrow and try to grab some. Um, yeah, I had that one last week or last last episode, and it was a bit much. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I went I went from going, oh yeah, this is actually quite fun to oh, it's a bit much. Um, like you could tell, it was a, a really good beer. Like it was really well made, and it was exactly as it was supposed to be. But <clears> I don't know if that's something I want. And um, and. and and also you made a good point, like at Gab's, you're sort of just having the tasting, like you're not drinking a full 330 or 375 mil can. So, um, yeah, normally you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what it's like. And then yeah. on to the next one. The, uh, there was, I remember there was a, a blind study years ago. I think Pepsi did it in the 80s where they, Pepsi is sweeter or was sweeter than Coke by quite a bit because they were doing blind tastings, all their recipes. And the sweeter ones were, were winning. Uh, and then they realised that it was winning because they were doing sh- small samples and people were attracted to the sweeter thing and the, the smaller thing. But a whole can of it is suddenly a, a pretty big proposition. So it's, you know, it's the same thing as Gab's, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder how long, how late they found that out, whether that were, they'd launched um, the new can or that, that flavour and then six months down the, down the track, they just weren't having the same reviews. Yeah, I, it must be. I'm pretty sure it's like a famous sort of market research story. I, something I read years ago. It might, it might, might not even be true, but I'm going to have to go look it up after this. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the same. Um, someone's asked, uh, Sam's asked, what flavours are, are next? Are you, are you looking to add more things? Yeah, we'd, I think like for the time being, three three's enough and trying to get that shelf space as well. So I think we'll just let the drinker and consumer decide on, on seeing which ones um, pop up, but we won't rush to that for sure we don't want to try to put four out there or whether it's a changeover but um it's something we'll just try to watch closely and um yeah see see what the market decides and the drinker but um for the time being we'll just run with those three and we're really stoked with where they're at and where they're with the flavors but um and they're they're own they're all pretty unique so down the track yeah we'll we'll wait and see but um definitely open to it it it's probably, you know, knowing Stoner Wood and the, and the approach is kind of let the original product do the work first and then start tweaking and, you know, looking at, say, the, the counterculture uh, range that's coming out now, there's some pretty esoteric things. Do you ever see that kind of thing happening with Sunley, doing a, you know, imperial 
funnily or a whatever? You know what? I've funnily enough, I've been asked that questions a f- question a fair few times. The whole Imperial Seltzer, and um, I think if there was demand and down the track, but I think it'd be it'd defeat the purpose of the whole education piece around it and what it is for the time being. If we went out there with an eight percent seltzer, or um, yeah, a ten percent seltzer, and yeah, the flavour profile would be pretty interesting. But um, mate, the, the craft seltzers are a thing over in America, like the different like a little bit more hop, hoppier and, and things like that. So we'll, we'll see what the market, where the market um, goes towards. But um, for the time being, we'll, we'll stick with the flavours and the styles we've got at the moment. But always open to those things. And as you said, we like to take things slow and, and try to refine those, those little things as much as possible. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I feel like the kind of people that would be picking it up initially and, you know, buying it all the time, they're probably going to find their flavour and, and stick with it. So they might not be ready to have a, you know, a weird flavoured one, <laughs> a chocolate mint pastry salsa. I, I agree. You don't want to be pushing people away from it too much. You look at craft beer 10 or 12 years ago, and if you talked about the beers that are around now, you'd be, yeah, slapping someone. You wouldn't believe it. But, um, yeah, we'll just see, see what happens in the next few years. I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Evil Twin or Omnipolo, they did some pastry seltzers. Uh, Not I, I, nice. I, don't, I don't know if they released them or if it was a joke. I'm pretty sure they released them. Um, like, you know, it, as obnoxious as they could possibly do it, uh, 10%, uh, you know. And, and I, that's more of a joke on the category than exploring the category <laughs> is how I see yeah. it. Yeah, exactly right. I don't think we'd go down that um that direction for that for sure but um yeah i'm I'm keen to try things like that and we'll wait and see especially if it ever w- w- was to go and tap and and try it through the the tasting rooms and that's always a good indication as well on what the drinker likes and yeah but um yeah for the time being we just stick with the blood orange and ginger and lemon and davidson plum i think <laughs> i mean davidson plum by itself is already pretty out there because it's not a still it's still not a super common product, is it? Yeah, um, a few people were asking me about that and and where it came f- from, and we just wanted to play, um, play on that whole provenance piece of of where we're from, born in Byron Bay, and yeah, pay homage to the area, and just with David's plum being more one of the more native plums around our area, so yeah, get that get that in there, and it's a it's a beautiful product, it's a beautiful um fruit to work with, that's for sure, and as you as you mentioned earlier, you're a fan of it, and so am I, and Brookies as well, of course. Mm, that's where I've, I've tasted um, tasted one fresh off the off the tree, off the ground. I think it must have been, and it was uh, everyone was telling me how you know how intense it was going to be, and I it was intense, but I still wanted to keep eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you just when people are saying that around you, just expecting something so much bigger and bolder, and then when you hit it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not too bad. It's got yeah. that nice tardiness and that nice bitterness to it. Really, which I really enjoy really dries up the palate immediately as well, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone has any more questions in the chat, feel free to, to drop them in just uh, as we start to wrap up. Um, what's on for the rest of the weekend? Are you just kind of kicking back and relaxing? Yeah, I'm just going to um, cruise, I think. Like, I don't know if you noticed, at this when we started this, the wind was crazy and I was holding down this marquee, but um, the sun's starting to come out, so just going to have a little barbecue and then potentially go see my friends up at um, Heads of Noosa up at 
in, in Noosa there um, who do a really good Japanese lager and a few other lagers and they just focus on lagers and then um, maybe go down and see my friends at Your Mates Brewing but just take it slow I think we just booked another night here so we'll be here for three nights and then yeah just ease into next week <laughs> I spoke but, um, to the brewer from here to Noosa probably Lance, Lance? yeah American guy Nah, nah, Lenny, getting- Lance is, uh, um, you co- might be thinking of um, land and sea potentially. Do they do a Japanese lager as well? I always get them confused. I, oh, I think they, you know what, I think they might. Yeah, so land and sea do a Japanese rice lager as well. There you go. Yeah, um, Heads and Nose are just focused, similar like fixation brewing, just focus on lagers though, and that's all they produce, which is really cool. They, um, they've got some unbelievable ones and they're a big hit up that way. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. This sounds pretty good to me. We're, we're, we've done our one hour of outside exercise, so I'm inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be rubbing it in too much. No, anymore. no. I'll try to make I'll, – I'll make the most of it for the both of us. How about that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always awesome to hear um, what people are up to. Even if even if we can't be doing it, it's film festival time as well. So Emma and I are watching a lot of films. So we've got, I think we we're watching a documentary later on. I can't remember what it's about, but uh, where are they know. streaming that? Is that just on their website or? Yeah, so they um, the internet the Melbourne International Film Festival got a donation, a, a large donation apparently. Um, so they were able to set up a pretty good streaming service. You still need to pay, I think it's $14 a movie. Um, so it's a little bit more for some of the premier ones. And it's worked really well. Like uh, when I looked at it and went, oh, you know, it's 40, 14 or $22 for the premier movies. I thought that's it's pretty expensive for streaming, but we normally go to a ton of movies anyway. So we're saving, we're saving more money because we could both, yeah. we don't need to buy one ticket. We don't need to buy it twice. Um, that's but, a good point. That's yeah. It. Um, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be my weekend. Um, someone's asking, final question, what are the tunes pumping in the caravan park? Is anyone doing some late night tunes? No, at, at the moment, um, or I can hear a grinder, <laughs> but, um, other than that, there um, aren't so many, aren't so many tunes. I listened to, I had Zan Rowe, um, monthly monthly playlist playing i don't know if you listen to that but there's always some good beats on that one zenro the um the host of one of the hosts from double j and used to be triple j but yeah she's got some really good um tunes there but it's a bit of a a little bit more of an older crowd in this campground so i'm not pumping them too loud that's for sure (laughs) we i went to bed i went to bed at like eight last night though i'm probably the one going to bed the earliest but yeah bit of an old man inside it's just kind of about the time you go to bed when you're camping, right? Unless you're really kicking on with some friends. <laughs> Eight's about right, I think. It's, it's no shame. Yeah, and when you say and when you say kicking on, it's pretty much till about ten thirty, and then you're in yeah. bed anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what not yeah, having screens sure. everywhere, uh, how quickly you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny though? We I have my laptop here, but it's probably got around forty percent less. But um, I'm probably trying to jump onto the Melbourne International um, Film Festival stuff as well tonight and try to find some films, I think. But yeah, we'll cool. see if I can actually watch one with how much battery is left. There's a, um, a really cool documentary about Baltimore rap music and, and dancing and stuff uh, called Dark City. Couldn't really recommend that. It's, um, 
it's shot almost like a music video, but it's a documentary. Really, really just visually amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably be what I'll probably be watching that. Awesome. Um, let me know how it goes. And if people want to find Sunley and find more information, what do they, what do they do? So for stockists, I'd, I'd say just jump on the website and, and you can find any stockists closest to you. But um, yeah, and, and same with information or just jump on our Instagram as well and, and follow us there and we're always pushing um, on what it is and wh- what we're about. But uh, yeah, the website's pretty much got all that information at sunley.com.au. sunlyseltzer.com.au. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> I, just, I just brought it up to double check. Um, and nice. Instagram is sunlyseltzer as well. So uh, Yeah. Awesome. Uh, look forward to seeing how this all, all plays out. And um, yeah, really, really look forward to seeing, having one of these with you in person when we can, when we can do it again. Mate, indeed. And, and thanks very much for getting us on today. It's always a pleasure chatting to you, mate. And um, anytime in the future, feel free to reach out for some anyway. I'll send some to anyway. Awesome. I might, I might take you up when it come festival season, if we have festival season. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dave is, Again, a massive apology for not being here, but um, you can find him at, at MelbDave on Twitter and you can get uh, me at Isle of a Time everywhere and aleofatime.com for my website. There was a, a bit of a story up there the other day about um, some new CUB brands, which are quite interesting. Uh, so check that out if you haven't already. And we'll be back in a fortnight. Um, Dave is announcing something, but we might do that separately. I don't want to an- announce something that Dave is involved in and he's not here for so for now uh cheers so much pat and um yeah we'll chat to everyone soon thanks mate i'll speak to you soon loki thank you to pat for joining us for the chat and hopefully he enjoyed the rest of his weekend out and about camping Now a little update on our next show which will be happening August the 29th. We still haven't confirmed the time just yet but we will be staying online afterwards for anyone that's around and joining us in the chat and we'll be uh, jumping onto a Zoom chat and drinking a stout float. The idea behind that is uh, a few years back Dave kind of tongue-in-cheek launched a stout float night in response to the IPA day and international beer day kind of kind of things that happen so we figured now is a pretty good time to bring it back and uh, you know if you're in Melbourne and you're feeling a little bit disconnected and it's winter time and you want something a little bit decadent to share with some friends and some like-minded people you can join us uh, after the podcast on on our zoom chat bring a stout get some ice cream combine the two and we'll uh, yeah we'll enjoy a, a stout float uh, trying to line up a brewer for the chat at the moment um, it'll be one of our favorite stout brewers just waiting to confirm on that and confirm the time so keep an eye out on our social media facebook.com slash of a time and uh, instagram at ale of a time and twitter at ale of a time and uh yeah see you then for a beer and some ice cream